Hello, dear friends. Once again, it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. We're glad that you have joined us. We're always happy that you have come to gather around the Word of God with us. You know, the Bible says of you today, because you are here uh, to, to study the Word of God together. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You're going to be filled with what you're hungry for. And and if it's that, that God is pleased and has purposed to give you. And if you want to be right with God, right wise with God, that's what righteousness means. Amen. Not just the positional righteousness that's immediately granted us when we receive Christ as our Savior, but the personal practical righteousness that is ours when we receive the word and we begin to walk in obedience to the word of God. (laughs) Amen. Oh, friend of mine, we want to be filled with righteousness today. I'm hungry and thirsty. I don't know about you, but God is such a good and gracious God. You know, we used to sing it back in the old camp meeting days when we came together for great revivals. Hallelujah. We used to sing that song, Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed, and he calls us to come and dine. Well, let's come and dine today on the Word of God in this Bible study. We welcome you that are part of our physical congregation. Hopefully, we will be meeting together very soon face-to-face again. I can't wait, amen, to worship God together once again. I think it's going to mean more to us. A lot of things, when this thing is past enough that we can begin to get some normalcy back to our life, things that we took for granted, we're going to begin to appreciate. Amen. Well, having said that, I want to thank you for being with us once again today. And our internet audience, our internet congregation, if you please, we welcome you today to study the Word of God together. We have a a young man who uh, comes to our website uh, from Africa, and we welcome you. We have had people come from all the way from Africa to the Antarctic, amen, and all the way from from China uh, uh, to the United Kingdom and, and all over the United States. Wherever you are in the world, we welcome you today as we celebrate this Holy Week, this week that marks the greatest event in the history of the world, and that is the death burial and resurrection of Jesus. Without the birth, this could not occur. Without this, the birth of Jesus would have meant very, very little. But because of this, this is a holy week. I I said it about Christmas. I want to say it about what is commonly called Easter. And we understand as Christians, it's all about the resurrection. It is not just a holiday. It is a holy day. Someone said Easter is going to be canceled this year, and someone responded on my wife's Facebook, you can't Christians celebrate resurrection all year long. It's not just a one, one, once a year event, but once a year we do stop 
and reflect and magnify and glorify God. Amen. We're coming up on Good Friday. And then Easter Sunday morning or Resurrection Sunday morning, please be with us for that sermon for Easter. But right now, right here and right now, we want to talk about Good Friday coming up. And we want to get our hearts prepared to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus by commemorating and celebrating his death on the cross. What's so good? about Good Friday is the title of our teaching today. And and I want to preface this uh, by beginning to talk about uh, what is so good. Why do they call it good? In German uh, language, it was a word, the word good meant holy, holy Friday. But what it's commonly known as Good Friday. Someone, when I was bivocational, working and pastoring, asked me, Pastor, why do they call the day of Jesus' death on the cross Good Friday? And I tried to briefly answer his question, and believe me, if you ask a preacher a question, you normally are going to get a sermon. It's hard for me to briefly answer a question like that by explaining to him, the, the 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 relevance of the crucifixion to the Christian faith and therefore preaching to him the gospel of the Lord Jesus, the good news. That's what gospel means. And so last Sunday was Palm Sunday, the Sunday that marks Christ's triumphant entrance into Jerusalem. And the crowd cried unto him, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. This word Hosanna comes from actually two Hebrew words. And, and they're found in Psalm 118.25 as well. And it simply means to save now. Or save we pray. Uh, it's a plea for God to intervene. It is a plea for God to, to, to deliver them. And uh, many of them saw it as, as a, a day when their deliverance would finally come from Roman occupation. The Jewish zealots cried Hosanna for the wrong reasons. They wanted a Messiah to rid them of Roman occupation to restore national pride and national identity. But when Jesus was arrested, beaten, Lamb before the slaughter, opening not his mouth, many of them that cried Hosanna also cried, Crucify him. A few days later, they turned against him and turned on him. They didn't understand his mission. He did come to save, but not temporarily from the condition that they were in as a nation, but eternally for the sin condition that all of us are in until we are saved by the blood of Jesus. So what's so good about Good Friday? It would seem nothing at first. Luke 23 and verse 33 says, And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and one on the left. This was commemorated and began to be celebrated and called Good Friday. There they crucified him, someone said. He doesn't tell us about the sound of the hammer on the nails as they tear flesh and ligaments to enter the wood of the cross, but we hear it. 
He doesn't tell us how the body hangs from those torn hands and becomes a sagging mass of bones, but we feel the horror of the sight. He doesn't tell us about the drops of blood that must have fallen on those miserable soldiers as they lifted the cross from the ground and pointed it toward heaven. They must have felt dirty, but we pray for the blood to touch us, don't we? To cleanse us, spiritually speaking. The writer does remember to tell us of the touching care of his mother as he entrusts her to his dearest friend. And this human concern is followed by the human cry, I thirst or I am thirsty. The terrible dryness in the throat as life ebbs away. All of us will feel it one day. And then the human blends with the divine in the final cry. It is finished. Tetelestai, one word translated, it is finished. The drama of the incarnation is drawn to a close. The body he received from a human mother is breathing its last breath. At the same time, at the same time, the work he came to do is completed. It is accomplished. It is finished. That's what tetelestai means. Literally, this is not the beginning of the end. This is the end of the beginning. This is a mission that was began in Bethlehem, accomplished on the cross at Mount Calvary. When Jesus cried, it is finished from the cross, it seemed to signify the end, the end of Israel's hopes, the end of the disciples' dreams and plans. It was over. Disillusioned and discouraged, they hid themselves. It seemed that evil had triumphed over good, it should be called then Black Friday, Sad Friday, a time for mourning, not a celebration of this death. The only celebration on that day was in the dark chambers of hell. <laughs> Yet every time we receive Holy Communion, we show the Lord's death till He come. We hurl it in the face of the devil. We remind him once again that death cannot hold Christ in the grave, and because it cannot conquer him, dear friend, it cannot conquer you and me as children of the King. We proclaim the preciousness of his atoning blood and the power of the cross. Today we are not physically receiving Holy Communion, but spiritually we can have Holy Communion with the Lord. We celebrate Good Friday every time we receive the Lord's Supper. Good Friday is good, number one, because when Christ was nailed to the cross, so were our sins. Hallelujah. Colossians two thirteen through 14 says, And you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened, that means given life, together with him, having forgive you all your trespasses. I want to read that again. This should impact us today. Amen. And you being dead in your sins, we were, we were lost without God, without hope in this present world. We were under the justifiable anger, the wrath of God. 
and you who were dead. God was dead to us in, in the sense of no relationship, broken relationship. Sin had broken and continues to break that relationship to God and with God. Oh, but you who being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Think of it. All sins forgiven. The slate wiped clean. That old arrest warrant canceled, nailed to Jesus' cross. Hallelujah. I like the old tried and true Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown uh, comment, commentary and comment on this. It says in the Greek, and hath taken it out of the way, so as to be no longer a hindrance to us by nailing it to the cross, Christ bearing the curse of the broken law has redeemed us from its curse. In his person, nailed to the cross, the law itself was nailed to it. One ancient mode of canceling bonds was by striking a nail through the writing. This seems at that time to have existed in Asia. That's why, that's why the apostle said it was nailed to the cross. Our offenses that could not be overlooked had to be punished was nailed to the cross because he took the punishment. He bore the curse. He took the pain and the shame in our behalf. I like what Matthew Henry's commentary said. He said the curse of the law is a handwriting against us. Like the handwriting on Belshazzar's wall. Cursed is everyone who continues not in everything. This was a handwriting which was against us, contrary to us, for it threatened our eternal ruin. This was removed when he redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. That's in Galatians 3:13. He that knew no sin, he became a curse, for cursed is every one that hangs on the tree, that we might be delivered, delivered from the curse. When he was nailed to the cross, the curse was as it were nailed to the cross as well. The handwriting against us, that means the devil can't accuse us anymore. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. It's a drop the mic thing, isn't it? In the scripture when it says, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? <laughs> Hallelujah. It is Christ that died. <laughs> it is God that justifieth. Amen. So when he was nailed to the cross, the curse was broken as well. And it was nailed to the cross. And our indwelling corruption is crucified with Christ. And by the virtue of his cross. When we remember the dying of the Lord Jesus, we see him nailed to the cross. We should see the handwriting against us taken out of the way. On Good Friday, the devil must have threw a party in hell. An infernal celebration. But on Sunday, it came to an abrupt end. There's a great sermon preached years ago by a great man of God. And he talked about 
how the enemy of our soul, how the devil, the accuser of the brethren, must have celebrated when Jesus breathed out his last breath on the cross. But the name of the sermon was, It's Only Friday and Sunday is Coming. Hallelujah. That was only Friday and Sunday is coming. What a sermon. It's still resonating in my soul this holy week. On Friday, the followers of Jesus mourned his death. It was so dark and so dismal. On Sunday, it came to an abrupt end. Hallelujah. There's no partying in hell today. There's no partying in hell this Resurrection Sunday because the devil knows full well that Jesus is has conquered death and that death could not hold him. Someone said you can put truth in a grave, but you can't keep it there. Hallelujah. That is why Good Friday, not Black Friday, not Sad Friday, Not a day to mourn over the dying Jesus, though his death should sober us and humble us. But it's not a day to feel sorry for Jesus being spat on, though we need to acknowledge the fact that all this happened because of what we had done. It was our sins that put him in that condition and that position. But it is a day, as John Newton said, for pleasing grief and mournful joy. Joy because this one sacrifice saves you and I completely and absolutely. Because in this great act of love, Jesus laid down His life for you and me. And we should joy. And He did it with joy because this is the act that we celebrate. Yes, I said celebrate on Good Friday this week before we celebrate, hallelujah, and declare He is risen on Resurrection Sunday. Today, this week, Good Friday, allows each of us, you and every person that knows the Lord, to join God's beloved family for all eternity. Those that don't know Him are invited to come to know Him. Hallelujah, if we only believe. The story is told about an elderly country woman named Betty, and it's not, uh, (laughs) Betty, it's not you. You're not that old yet. Uh, You know the Betty I'm talking about. Hallelujah. But you are a country girl. There's no doubt about that. But this story is about an elderly country woman named Betty who trusted in Christ for salvation. One of her skeptical friends heard about it and, intending to make fun of her, asked her if she indeed had become one of the saints. Yes, I have, she replied. Well, said the skeptic, are you now an expert in theology? I'm no Bible scholar, Betty replied. I'm simply positive that God loves me enough and that he would rather die for me than have me go to hell. And that God loves me enough that he'd rather die for me than have me go to hell. (laughs) He wants me to go to heaven. He wants me to be with him forever. Hallelujah. And he'd rather leave heaven and die for me so that I could be in heaven and be with him forever. The skeptic insisted, is that all you know about it? 
Can't you at least explain what being saved by grace means? That is one of your central doctrines, isn't it? Betty thought a moment, then answered with these words, and I quote, Jesus stood in my shoes at Calvary, and now I'm standing in His. Friend of mine, it's a very practical, simple answer, and it's very significant that we understand Good Friday is called Good Friday because Jesus took our faith place on the cross. He broke the curse. Hallelujah. And He took all the accusations against us which were absolutely true and nailed it to the cross when His own body was impaled upon it. Good Friday is also good because our enemy is defeated at the cross. Colossians two fourteen through 15 says, Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. Now listen to verse 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it, literally in the cross. He spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it or literally in the cross. Hallelujah. Years ago, a small detachment of British troops surprised by an overwhelming enemy force fell back under heavy fire. Their wounded lay in a perilous position facing certain death. They all realized they had come that they had come immediately under the protection of a red cross flag if they wanted to survive. All they had was a piece of white cloth, but no red paint. So they used the blood from their wounds to make a large cross on that white cloth. Their attackers respected that grim flag as it was held aloft, and the British wounded were brought to safety. And this is written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, The Great Boer War. War is the book that you find that statement in. They took white, clean linen and took the blood of their own wounded and made a red cross on it. And the enemy turned away their hatred and, and did not kill them. Our enemy not only must respect the blood of Christ shed on Calvary, he also is helpless against it. Christ's blood represents the sacrifice of one whose death removed the guilt and condemnation of our sin and broke its hold over us. It's absolute protection against the accusation of Satan, the defeating remembrance of past sins and the downpull of our Adam nature. No wonder we glory in the cross. Friend of mine, I want to say it once and for all. The cross stands for not only our salvation, but Satan's fall in terms of being able to continue to accuse you and me. Good Friday is also good because our past is past, therefore. The guilt and condemnation is gone. If we repent and trust Christ, we should never look back again. Carl Menninger, 
The famous psychiatrist said, and I quote, 75% of patients in institutions could walk out tomorrow if only they were convinced that they were forgiven. If only they were convinced that they were forgiven. Hebrews ten nineteen through 23 says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. I want to read this important truth from the Amplified. It said, Let us come forward and draw near with true, honest, sincere hearts in unqualified assurance and absolute conviction engendered by faith by that leaning on the, that the leaning of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in His power, wisdom, and goodness, having our hearts sprinkled and purified from a guilty conscience and our bodies cleansed with pure water. Verse 23, let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess and, and our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable, sure, and faithful to his word. One paraphrase says our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood. And Matthew Henry comments by saying this blood being sprinkled on the conscience chases away slavish fear and gives the believer assurance both of his safety and his welcome into divine presence. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, the Bible said the devil is the accuser of the brethren that accuse them before God day and night. But now, Revelation 12, now is the accuser of our brethren cast down who accused them before God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And they loved not their life, this devotion. Hallelujah. Because of what he's done for us unto the death. But it's the blood, dear friend. That's why we call it Good Friday, as he was as he was crushed on the cross and the crimson blood dripped from his body. As awful as it was, it is also the most beautiful display of selfless love that we could ever behold. Oh, oh, the song says, oh, how he loves you and me. How, what kind of love is this? Who am I that a king would bleed and die for? Who am I that he would say, Not my will thine for? Oh, indeed, this is a good Friday in that God commended his love to us and Jesus displayed that love for us on the cross. Good Friday is the most beautiful day for me. 
Every day is Good Friday for me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Someone asked, why do you say that? Why do you say that? Why do you say that? And he told me the following story. This man had been in the Korean War where he was a CIA agent. He, had, he and a group of CIA agents had been flown up to North Korea had been dropped behind the lines. This, this, this is why he said every day is Good Friday for me. They went secretly into North Korea, blew up some ammunition dumps, made a raid on a secret installation. And after that, they were coming back to their point of pickup. They were going to rendezvous and be flown back to their ship. On the way back, Lee made a mistake and he got separated from the other agents. He made a mistake he was clear about it. It was his own dumb fault. You know, sometimes we get into trouble and fall into the devil's traps because we we make wrong choices. We make bad judgments. We make mistakes. And then things turned really ugly. Lee got caught in this sniper fire. He jumped behind a rock and there were a group of enemy soldiers up above him, shooting at him below as he was hiding behind a large rock. The bullets were pecking against the rock and making the rock smaller. Every time that a flick of the rock would hit him in the back, Lee thought he was dead. He would roll over in panic, thinking he'd been shot in the back. It was a petrifying and terrifying experience. His mouth was dry, white mouth dehydrated. Suddenly, his fellow agents came back to rescue him. It was like the Calvary had come uh, in the old West movies. The Calvary had come back to save him, to cover up his mistake. But six of his fellow agents, his good friends, were killed by the snipers. Because of the mistake Lee had made, as he told the story, he said, Yes, I've carried this guilt with me for a long time. And Good Friday will always be the most important day for me. Because Good Friday was the day that God came down to die for us and pay for the enormous mistakes that we have made. I will always preach a Good Friday sermon because every sermon to me is about the cross. That God came to die for us in our mess. I believe that. Yes, I remember Lee's story and it's become symbolic for me about the meaning of Good Friday. Good Friday last and certainly not least is good because the message of the cross is the, still the most compelling message that we can ever offer to sinners in need of salvation. John twelve, thirty two and 33, Jesus said, And if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Now if we could stop right there and say let's lift Jesus up in praise and people will see our sincerity and, and the glory of our God and if I be lifted up, lift Him up, lift Him higher. But verse 33 says and puts this little part of the text in total context. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth... This, this is the cross, dear friend, will draw all men unto me. This he said, verse 33, signifying what death he should die. 
He knew the cross was coming. He knew crucifixion was coming. And friend of mine, I want you to know, for the joy, the scripture says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. So even as we are in the lowest of our low times, when we've truly failed, as the Bible says, to commend the good that is in us, we lean on God's mercy, push ourselves back out of the muck, and press on. Battered, yes. Bruised, yes. Tired, yes. Sad, oh yes. But in our darkest hour, we dare to trust in the love of a God who will not give up on us. As we take heart from the words of the great hymn writer. (laughs) Amen. He said, come you disconsolate. Where'er ye languish. Come to the mercy seat. Fervently kneel. Here bring your wounded hearts. Here tell your anguish. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow. Do you believe that today? Coming right up on Good Friday and celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Oh, friend of mine, I believe with all of my heart that Kevin, heaven can heal your hurt because of what Jesus did at the cross today. I know Heaven healed my hurt today. Hallelujah. Here we see the bread of life. Sea waters flowing forth from the throne of God, pure from above. Come to the feast of love. Come ever knowing earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. You may be hurting inside today. You may have made choices. And things have occurred that if you could go back, you wouldn't have made that choice. You wouldn't have caused that hurt. You wouldn't have caused that pain. But because of His hurt on the cross... You can be forgiven. And if God forgives you, I believe He can help you to forgive yourself. Oh, thank God for this amazing grace. This amazing God. This wonderful Jesus who took our place, who stood in our shoes so we could stand in His. This celebration of the resurrection, when there's death all around the world and death in our nation and the threat of it to every person. Friend of mine, we're all going to die someday, some way. What's important is that we know, that we know that when we take our last breath here, we'll take our next breath in heaven forever and ever, age without end. Come to Jesus today. Run to Jesus today. Don't run from Him. And let this Friday be a good Friday you'll never forget. 
And let this Resurrection Sunday be your celebration holy day for as long as you live. (laughs) And then celebrate Him forever in heaven. Christian, take courage today. In the midst of all the trouble, I believe our God is good. And I believe He's going to help us through this. And I believe we're going to see a turning to Him as a result of this. And a great revival will occur just before Jesus comes. Oh, friend, meet with us Sunday right here. And let's celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ.